just as big as God is. Prayer is just as strong as God is strong. Prayer can reach as far as God can reach. Don't ever give up. Just pray, just pray. Don't ever give up. Just God whose potential is yet to be known. There is no limit as to what God can do. So just keep on praying. He's listening to you. And prayer is just as big as God is. Prayer is just as strong as God is strong. Prayer can reach as far as God can reach. Don't ever give up. Just pray, just pray. Don't ever give up. Just pray. And prayer is just as big as God is. Just as strong as God is strong. Prayer can reach as far as God can reach. Don't ever give up. Just pray, just pray. Don't ever give up. Just pray. Amen. Just pray, huh? Fellas, let's get this down. Let's do it. Yeah, we're one more week, guys. Come on now. Getting slack on me here. Am I missing that uh, clicker, guys, or what? Go ahead and take it down. That's fine. I think that here it comes. All right, we got one more week in this series, and then I'm going to start a new series on Wednesday nights. It's going to be a series out of the book of 1 Timothy. I'm going to do the book of 1 Timothy. We're going to be running through that. <coughs> We're going to glean from some counsel, counsel from a man of God, and we're going to learn a little bit about the Christian life along the way. First Timothy, next week, we're starting with that. But uh, tonight, we're going to finish up with our true riches study, and uh, so we want to take a few moments and do that tonight. And again, we're toward the last uh, portion of this particular uh, chapter, chapter 23 of the book of Psalm, of course. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, it says. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou knownest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, that's the passage we're going to dwell on today. But as we said, we're looking for true riches. And again, we know that the world riches are a little bit, uh, they're going to fade away. They're going to go away. But true riches stick around. And we've talked about some true riches. The Lord's my shepherd, we said. That's a relationship. I shall not want. That's supply. 
We said, He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. That's rest. He leadeth me beside the still waters. That's refreshment. We said that He restoreth my soul. That's healing. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness. That's guidance. For His name's sake, that's purpose. Though, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, now that's testing. I will fear no evil. That's protection. For thou art with me. That's faithfulness. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Of course, that's correction. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. That's hope. Thou anointest my head with oil. That's consecration. And finally, my cup runneth over. That's abundance. Now, we talk about uh, true riches. Those are true riches. Those are the kind of riches that last. Those are the ones that make a true impact in our life. Obviously, we could amass tremendous wealth. We could have all kind of material gain and goods. But the reality is, is that those things are just fading. And ultimately, one day, they'll be burned up. But no, these are true riches. These are the things that we may not always be able to hold in our hand, but we can definitely hold them in our hearts. And they make a difference in our life, always. Well, <clears throat> we've been noting true riches over the last weeks, and so today we're going to conclude this series as we consider the last, few ver the last verse, verse 6 of this passage. And so before we get started, before we move forward, let's go ahead and have a quick word of prayer. Father, thank you again for the wonderful privilege that we have to gather here tonight. Lord, thank you for these that have made their way here. And Lord, we are a needy people tonight. And Lord, as we face this world in which we live, it can be very discouraging. It can be difficult. And Father, we know, Father, that the devil is always seeking to distract us from the things of Christ. Help us, Lord, not to be distracted. Because if we're distracted, we'll be distanced. And if we are distanced, we will be destroyed. Help us, Father, to stand strong. Father, just to take our place among the beloved, Lord, to, to truly put on the armor of God and to stand therewith. Now, Father, tonight, bless us, encourage us as we seek to glean from your word. Help us to grow now in Christ. Help us to be strong in the things of Christ. And, Lord, may we leave here better for having come. Well, thank you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, we uh, start with the uh, verse 6, and it says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. When we think about that, we think about blessing. We think about blessing. Now, <clears throat> i got to look at a cheat sheet here. <clears throat> but uh, I like that passage. It says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Now, mercy defined as that benevolence, mildness, or tenderness of heart, which disposes a person to overlook injuries or to treat an offender better than he deserves. We understand mercy a little bit there. If you're saved, you understand it quite a bit more. But <clears throat> Charles uh, Spurgeon used to call uh, these the goodness and mercy uh, footmen. He'd call them, uh, they were footmen. And what a footman was was somebody, a very wealthy man would have a carriage and, and the footman would stand on the back of the carriage, of course. You can recall that. There'd be two of them. And what they would do, now again, a very wealthy man would have two of them. And so as he would stop, the carriage would stop, these footmen would jump out, make sure they'd open the door for the particular wealthy gentleman. They'd also go on into the inn and make sure that his room was prepared, make sure that his food was ready. They attended to him. They met needs in his life. They made sure that his path was smooth. <clears throat> and that's exactly what goodness and mercy do in our lives. It, it makes our way smooth until we finally arrive at heaven. And so the Bible says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, the psalmist says. But <clears throat> as we look at this, let's note three things about goodness and mercy. First of all, we notice the undeserving. Of course, that would be us. We're undeserving of the goodness and the mercy of God. 
That's just a reality of life. In Isaiah 64, 6, But we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, and we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. I mean, we are simply sinners, and that's all there is to it, undeserving the goodness and the mercy of God. But thankfully, we experience that goodness and mercy on a regular basis. As a matter of fact, we see the undeniable, God's goodness and mercy. It's undeniable. I mean, the, Psalm chapter 27, 13 says, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Well, I'll tell you what, all throughout the book of Psalms, we see this element of God's mercy and goodness. In Psalm 31, 19, Oh, how great is thy goodness, which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee, which thou hast wrought for them that trust in thee before the sons of men. We also see over in Psalm 35, 5, He loveth righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. Where you turn around, we're reading about the goodness of God in the Word of God. Now again, sometimes in the midst of heartache, trials, tribulation, difficult times, we may question the goodness of God. And, and you know, that, that's something that tra- takes place in the life of a human in this flesh in which we live. Hopefully that never happens to you. But if it does happen to you, you need to make sure that you take the time to get into the Word of God and be reminded over and over and over and over and over and over again of the goodness of God. Because it is there and He is there always. Notice also this uh, phrase, His mercy endureth forever. The goodness is undeniable, yes, but so is the mercy. And uh, 41 times in the book of Psalm do we find this phrase, I mean, 41 times in the Bible we find the phrase, His mercy endureth forever. His mercy endureth forever. 33 times in the book of Psalm alone. 33 times, His mercy endureth forever. And again, we talk about mercy again. What did we say the mercy was? We said that it was that benevolence, mildness, or tenderness of heart which disposes a person to overlook injuries or to treat an offender better than he deserves. There is no greater defender than us. I mean, we have, we have offended the Lord Jesus Christ, and yet the Bible tells us that his mercy endureth forever. Twenty-six times in the book of Psalm 136 alone is that phrase used. Every single verse in that chapter, chapter 136, verses 1 through 26, every single verse has that phrase, His mercy endureth forever. Boy, if we could remember that reality in our life, if only we could keep that in mind as we face life, that His mercy endureth forever, and remember the day when the Lord Jesus Christ extended His grace and mercy in our life and changed us, renewed us, and made us new creatures in Jesus Christ, we'd be better off for it. So everywhere we turn, His goodness and mercy endures. And that's just a reality. Also, we see the unbelievable. Again, we've touched on it already, but the fact is, is it's unbelievable that God would extend His mercy and goodness to us. I mean, the day and the moment that you believe you earn or deserve or have a right to that goodness and mercy is the very day that you are so in the flesh and you are so backslidden it's unbelievable. Let's face it. None of us deserve his goodness or his mercy, especially his mercy. Uh, that's just amazing. You know, uh, we think about the fact that his goodness is there as we serve the Lord Jesus Christ, but his mercy is there when we stumble and we make a fall and we trip. It's always there for us, is it not? What a wonderful thing that is. Over in the book of Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 through 6, But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. For by grace are you saved, 
and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Well, that's a direct result of that mercy, isn't it? That's a direct result of that. Can you imagine that when you think about it? Uh, that He's made us, as it says here, to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You know what he's really saying? Is that we're already citizens of heaven and we already have a place in heaven and literally from God's perspective, we're already there. As he views you and I, we're already in heaven. Oh, I know we fear death often. We fear the, the unknown. We say, well, this is all I know. I don't know what to expect on the other side. But God's already going, hey, I've already got it figured out. Matter of fact, in my mind, my eyes, because past, present, and future are all one with me, I see you here already. See, for us, we, we place time. We, we, there, God created time. Okay, so as a result of that, you know, we have the past, we have the present, and we have the future. But see, there is no past, present, and future with God. It's all one. It fits together. See, when he saw you before the foundation of the world, he sees you not only being saved, but he sees you sitting in heavenly places at the exact same time. We get all bent out of shape. We try to divide all this stuff up and try to figure out whether or not God's a Calvinist or whether he's an Armenian or whether he's this or that. And he's just a God that loves us and died on the cross for our sin and paid for our sin. And if you'll trust and receive him as Savior and Lord, you'll be in heaven one day. It's not complicated. It's simple. You have to come to him like a child, so it can't be that complicated. Now, Titus 3.5 says, Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us, by the washing of regeneration and renewing the Holy Ghost. His mercy he saved us. Glad for that mercy. Well, I'll tell you what. The unbelievable. He saved me. That's unbelievable. He saved me. That's unbelievable. And I trust that it's unbelievable in your mind and in your heart today. Because you know what? That's what will keep us from straying off. And that will keep us from going off and chasing the world. When we always remember how good and how merciful God's been to us. That's what will make the difference in our life and in our futures. Not only that, but he says, And I will dwell in the house of the Lord. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord. Now that's security. Now, you know, we can get all, uh, again, this, this gets a little difficult. You know, people talk about, well, you know, and as a matter of fact, I was talking to one of the brothers here the other day, and we talk about once saved, always saved. The reality is, is that God uses a word that covers it all. One sweeping word. It's called, well, it's, I'll put it in two words, everlasting life. So, so he gives us everlasting life. So, I mean, if you got everlasting life, then, I mean, you can talk about once saved, always saved. You can talk about forever saved. You can talk about whatever you want. But the fact is, is if I have eternal life, then that's forever life. I don't ever have to worry about going to hell, right? I'm forever alive. It's either eternal death or eternal life. It's one or the other. So the Bible settles it all by using a term, everlasting life. And so, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. But what? There you go. It's that simple. So do you have everlasting life or don't you? It's that simple again. It really has. It, I mean, it really is. It's that simple. Wrong, wrong tense of the word is, right? Has, really has. No, it really is. Okay, but anyway, 1 Peter 1, 3 through 5. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again into a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed at the last time. We see our hope in the passage. Again, we got this lively hope, a lively hope. 
by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He lives, we live. What a wonderful thing that is. We don't have a dead Savior, we have a living Savior. They got a living, it's a hope. I mean, we got some hope here. Now listen, you know, people get into trouble when they lose hope. People find it's difficult to continue on in life when you lose hope. And you know, there's a lot of hopeless people in the world. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us over in the book of Ephesians chapter 2 that, that they're in this world, they're without God and without hope. Without God and without hope. And you know what? That's the problem. That's the real problem is that without the Lord Jesus Christ, there is no hope. Now, again, we can have some temporary uh, assistance. We can try to find some in, uh, happiness and some kind of contentment through things. And so we, we, we get the brand new car and we say, man, this is good. It's awesome. I'm happy. But then it breaks down anyway. I, mean, I don't know about you. I, I, it breaks down anyway. Sooner or later, somehow, some way, it breaks down. You just get the new car. You get the new house. And, man, this is the greatest thing in the world. It's wonderful. But then something goes wrong down the road. Or you find out you got uh, moles or whatever those things are in your backyard creating all kind of holes or something. I don't know about you, but I wish... What are those things called? Oh, I was right then. Okay, good. I, the way you laughed, I thought maybe I said something wrong again. That's kind of, I, almost said, I almost told you about a story about the choir once, but I won't do, tell you that one. That one that was kind of weird. <laughs> don't tell that one. Huh? My wife's going... Mm. She's like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Well, anyway, uh, let me tell you this story, okay? And you can think it's weird. But anyway... So what it was is we was in the choir one day, and all, everybody was standing in front of me, and I, I was leading the choir at the time. And, uh, and, I, and I remember saying to, to, to all the people, I said, listen, we don't want to be wearing all them thongs in choir. And what I was doing was, you know those things you put on your feet? What are those things called? Yeah, I kept calling them thongs. And all the women were like, what? And I said, no thongs in choir now. Listen to me. We don't want you walking up there in them thongs. So anyway, they finally they told me. I could, they were all laughing like you are now. And I was like, what's going on? You, you know, I'm not joking. I'm serious. And I realized then what was going on. I, we don't allow those either. But anyway, <clears throat> so we see, we see our hope, okay? We've got hope, a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And he says, we see our home here to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. Man, I'll tell you what, I like having a reservation. And I've told the story a number of times, but I remember I was going to a conference one time, and, and when I arrived there, I'd had a reservation. But when I got there, they said, I'm sorry, uh, we, we, we don't have your reservation. And I said, what do you mean you don't have my reservation? I said, I, I called in uh, probably six weeks ago. I, I settled it. I've got this confirmation number even. And they said, well, we, sir, I'm sorry, but I, we must have overbooked the hotel, and I don't know what to tell you. And I said, <laughs> a long way from home. I said, I don't know, you know, I mean, there's a lot of bridges here, but I really don't want to sleep under one. And, and they were like, well, listen, I, okay, you know, you, you called in and, um, well, let me look in my files here. So they got looking in another file. And they must have changed their, their computer system is what happened, I think. And they started looking through a physical file. And when they looked, they found my name. And they said, ooh, you're right, we did have you scheduled. But we've already booked the room. And somebody's already here. And I said, that's not good. I said, you got any suggestions where I can go? And the guy goes, listen, let me, t let me hold on. I have a friend. They just built a brand-new hotel just a little bit away. It's probably, you know, just five or ten miles from here. Let me call him see if we can get something worked out for you. I feel horrible about this mess up. So he made a phone call. And he got back to me. He said, listen, they got a room for you over here. It's a brand-new hotel. I'm telling you, you're going to love it. It's a beautiful place. I'm not telling you it's better than mine, but it's brand-new. 
And I said, okay. So I went over there, and I, I, I checked in, and, and I said, what's the rate going to be? And they said, he told me what your rate was already scheduled. I'm going to give you the same rate. I said, great, that's good. And then all of a sudden, he gave me a card, and he said, by the way, you have to use your card on the elevator. And I said, okay. Thinking, okay, brand new hotel, maybe some crazy kind of stuff, you know. Anyway, when I got on the elevator, I realized there was, there was four floors of this, uh, this hotel. There were three floors you could access without one. On the fourth floor, you had to have your card. Yeah. I was staying like five, I was staying four or five nights. And so I, I used my card. I was like, oh, okay. He said, the guy beside me said, what floor are you going to? I said, I'm going to number four. He's pushing. He goes, it's not lighting up. I said, here, hold on. Let me, I stick the card in it lit up. So I went up to the fourth floor, got out there. I walked in my room. It was beautiful. It was awesome. Man, it was the best room I've ever stayed in on a conference. Well, uh, it all worked out. I had a reservation, though, an earthly reservation. That reservation didn't work out too good. But I'll tell you what, that heavenly reservation right there, there's no computer glitches. There's no problems. Let me tell you what, God don't forget when you've been reserved a spot up in heaven. It ain't gonna, you ain't going to get there and him go, who are you again? No, the Lord knows them that are his, okay? He knows, all right? He's got you covered. And as a matter of fact, he says it's an inheritance also. It's incorruptible and undefiled and it fades not away. It's reserved in heaven for you. You've already got It's there. It's on the record. It's on the books. And so we see our hope. And then I had to use another word with an H in it. And so this word doesn't really work 100%. But let me try to explain the word, see. I had, we see a helper. Now, we know God's not helping us get to heaven. We don't get there without him at all, right? So I guess I could say it's kind of like a child. I may, Maybe, you know, we say, oh, boy, he did a good job tying his shoes. But mom and dad really tied them for him. You ever do that when your kids start to learn how to tie their shoes? You're over there and going, okay, pull it in. Oh, you did such a good job. They didn't do it. You did it. You know, that's how it is with God, right? The truth is, getting to heaven, we say, man, praise the Lord, you got saved. But the truth is, he saved you. You didn't get saved. He saved you. Right. You know, and I, I, you know, that kind of thing. You know what I mean? It's all God. But anyway, I put, see your helper, see? So, who ke are kept by the power of God. Aren't you glad it's his power that keeps us? You know, people always worry about whether they're going to go to heaven or hell. Man, I got saved when I was, you know, back then. And I remember the change in my life. And I thank the Lord for what he did in my heart. But I've gotten away from God. Now I'm worried that I might go to hell. Well, let me tell you something. The same way you got saved is the same way you're going to get there. It's by God, and you're kept by his power. Aren't you glad it's not your power? I'm glad. If it was my power, I'd be out there already. I mean, the moment I got saved, I got up, and I probably thought something I shouldn't have probably. I don't remember that far back now. But, but anyway, you know, I, I, I still remember when I, when I was a young man, <clears throat> I walked an aisle when I was uh, um, 12 years old. And after I walked the aisle, and again, don't, don't get all mixed up. Some of you know what my, my testimony is. But when I was 12 years of age, I got up and I went down the aisle and I came back out and I went to my grandma's house. And, and when I was at my grandma's house, something happened. I can't remember. I come off the chicken coop or something, rolled down off, hit the ground, and I went off. And I went, you can't say stuff like that anymore. You're saved now. I remember thinking that. You can't do that. You're saved now. But you know what? I'd have lost it right there. But I'm kept by his power, not mine. You know what? So are you. You're kept by God's power. I said, oh, shucks. But anyway, <clears throat> I said, I can't talk like that no more. Okay, so anyway, you kids, don't, don't forget that. You can't talk like that no more. So anyway, who are kept by the power of God through faith and salvation, ready to be revealed at the last time. I will dwell in the house of the Lord. Man, that is security. That's security. <clears throat> Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath, here it is again, everlasting life. 
and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. I like that pass from death unto life thing. Isn't that good? And then John 3.36, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life again. There it is. There it is. It's real simple with God. You either have everlasting life or you don't. It's simple. And if you have everlasting life, you're secure, you're safe. <clears throat> See this little elephant right there? That's a little elephant between his mama's knees. Isn't that something? She has some long, long, nasty-looking legs there. Wow. <laughs> she, needs a, she needs some skin treatment there, doesn't she? But anyway, safe and secure. Safe and secure. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Some of you are going, you should see mine. No, but anyway. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry. My bad. My bad. My bad. Okay. I got it. I got it. That, that slipped out. Hey, if you can't smile every once in a while, you ain't right with God, so quit looking at me like that. Quit looking at me like that now. Come on now. Preacher's just trying to have fun. Okay, so anyway, we see it there. Safe and secure. Finally, <clears throat> finally. And, and really, we're moving quick today, obviously. We, we probably have about 20 minutes of, 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 of summary at the end, but no, I'm joking. Forever. That's eternal. Forever. And so, uh, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Forever. Isn't that good? Forever. First Thessalonians 4.17, Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And isn't that good? Now, listen, the Lord is coming back. And, you know, <clears throat> you know I know, and let's, let's just be honest. If we're not careful, it's easy to look at our lives and look at our uh, culture and our, our society and say, oh, he's got to be coming back tomorrow. He's got to be coming back tomorrow. And you know what? If, if you live back in Paul's day, Paul's going, he's got to be coming back tomorrow. And, 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 you know, and if you live back in, in uh, you know, a thousand years ago and, you, you know, with faithful believers in Christ, he's got to be coming back now. I mean, this world's falling apart, man. So, listen, we're, we're not going to get into all of that, but here's the truth. I don't care when you live, where you live, or, or how you live, really, as a believer. The truth is you better be aware that he can come any moment. Now, listen, things are setting up. Boy, it sure looks good on our, it looks good for us. Now, it looks bad for the world. Don't misunderstand me. It looks real bad for the world, but it looks good for us. Because as we read this book, there's a lot of things falling into place that really make us believe and, and, and point to the fact that he's coming back because it's fulfilling all these. I mean, there's really, there's nothing left to be done for the Lord to return. There's no prophecies that need fulfilled i mean they're done it's we're ready the only thing we're waiting for is the trumpet and and for the call you know come on home you know and so when we do when we meet the lord in the air as believers if if we don't pass away first and meet him sooner is we're gonna we're gonna forever be with him from that moment on we'll never have to worry about that now he's with us but we'll be with him you know that'd be nice won't it and so uh forever now and again, I'm a little stickler about this one, and, I, and I'm not going to make a big deal of it because everybody, you know, deals with things the way they deal with them. But I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, as much as I love my wife, as much as I love my children, as much as I love my mom and my dad, honestly, the one who I can't wait to see in heaven is my Savior. I'm just going to tell you that right now. I want you to understand it. And I'm not saying that because I don't love my family. But what I'm saying is no one's ever done what he's done for me. As good as my mama was to me growing up and still is, Man, if I go to her house for a ball game, she makes sure I got plenty of food to eat. I love going home. She makes me feel like a little baby. I, I go to my mother-in-law's house, and boy, I tell you what, the food gets piled on the table, and she just, well, you need anything else, Mom? Yeah. And I'm like, 
Yeah, I like this pampering. I love it. I like it a lot. Let me tell you what. You never grow. As guys, we love being treated like little kids. <clears throat> we do, ladies. You all know that, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, you do. Just keep treating us nice, okay? <clears throat> well, I, they're giving me some weird looks up here, but anyway. <clears throat> okay. Just keep us happy. Well, happy wife, happy life. That's right. Okay. Happy husband, happy nothing. Okay, so anyway. <clears throat> so anyway, here we <laughs> Here we go. All right. <clears throat> Revelation, Revelation 22, 5. It says, And there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun. For the Lord giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Boy, that's good. Ever and ever. That's what the Lord will do for us. And boy, we have forever life. The psalmist understood that. That's interesting, too. As an Old Testament uh, man of God, he understood, at least in his own life, how important the Lord was and forever, for eternity, he would have God. And you know what? We as New Testament believers, without a doubt, have this eternal promise and we never can escape it. You, you listen, you can't lose it. You can't. It doesn't matter. It's, it's good to go. You're set forever. That's, that's eternity. So as we look through again, we noted that worldly riches are going to fade. They're going to fade away. And that's just a reality. And, and you know, and I, I can't emphasize enough the need to, to really consider the steps that we take. And the Bible says the steps of the Lord, uh, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in them. And, and we really need to allow the Lord to, to, to direct our steps. I think it's important that you, 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 you make the best living you possibly can. I have no problem with that. But don't ever think for a minute that making a good living is, gonna, is going to take the place of a good walk in relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not going to work. It, listen, you can make... Make millions and millions. I'm all for that. I, I really am. If I wasn't a preacher today, I'd be trying to make as much money as I could to support the work of God. I really would. Um, I, I have no problem with those things. But if I think those are the things that will make me happy, provide me with joy, peace, give to me contentment, purpose, and satisfaction, let me tell you, I am missing it completely. I've lost it. I just don't understand God's perspective. And I, I'm seeing things through the eyes of the flesh. I'm seeing things through temporal eyes, not eternal eyes. And so, really, as young men and young ladies, as middle-aged, even middle-aged uh, men and, and, and women, even as older, we can lose sight of these things. We can lose sight. And, and it doesn't matter what your age is. It doesn't matter where you're at in life. It, it's easy to forget that there are, some, um, there are some true riches that you, can afford, you can't afford to do without. You can't afford to do without them. And they're only made available through Christ. Now, don't use that as an excuse to be lazy. Don't, don't you dare... Say, well, it's, it's, I don't have to make that much money. My wife and my kids ought to just be happy with just getting by. And when you could, you could do better for you and your, your wife, family, and for your local church. You see, God didn't put you to provide for your family. He put you to provide for the local church. And, and you know what? If you could, just think about this for a minute. If, if you could afford to give a million dollars a year to the church, how much would your family have? I don't think they'd be doing without if you could afford to do that. So God's not worried about providing for your family. He don't need you to do that just like he doesn't need you to save him. He can provide for you and your family. He just wants to make sure you're not lazy. So work your tail off to provide for your family. And, and, and young men, don't you dare say, well, it's not about getting an education. It's not about getting a good job. It's not about having nice things. It's, and so I'm just going to coast. I'll just read my Bible and pray. Whatsoever thy hand finds to do, do it with what? Thy might. That means every time you sit down in that seat at school, you give it your very best. It means you're not thinking about the video game you're going to play when you get home. You're not thinking about even soul winning 
on Saturday. Not when you're sitting in that seat. That's the priority then. That's school priority. Whatsoever thy hand, I do with thy might. See, priorities don't go like this. One, two, three, four, five, six. They go like, they, I mean, they don't go like this. One, two, three, four, five, six. They go one, okay? One, 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 one. Everything's a priority when it's time for it. Everything. When it's time to be a, when you're, you're dealing with your children, dads, that's the priority. When I was playing ball with my kids, I didn't try to think about soul winning. I didn't try to think about what I'm going to preach on Sunday morning. I was thinking about having a good time with my kids and meeting their need as a father. Now, whatever about the time that was, so prioritize your life. Everything's a priority when it's time and when God has placed it in your life. And when it's time to be a husband, be a husband the best you can. Whatsoever thy hand find to do with thy might. When you're providing for your family, do it the best you can with all your might. Everything you do, do it with your very best, and God will bless it. And boy, I'll tell you what, we've seen there are some tremendous riches, true riches, and all of those things that we've talked about are things that money cannot buy. Thank God for the Lord Jesus Christ and his mercy and his goodness. Boy, he's good to us. Father, we come to you. We thank you so much for just loving us and, Father, giving to us just every good gift. And, Lord, we can't thank you enough for not only being our Savior, but 